Welcome to Diving Board. This is Bill Valerio, the director of Woodmere Art Museum, and I am thrilled to introduce Minty, a story of young Harriet Tubman, written by Alan Schroeder with illustrations by Jerry Pinckney. So with our exhibition, Freedom's Journal, we partnered with our great colleague and friend, Warren Ori, leader of the Arpeggio Jazz Ensemble, who presents here Minty, read by Suzanne Burgess and with music by members of the ensemble. Mrs. Broda sounded angrier than usual. Get in here, I said. Don't make me come get you. Minty giggled. <laughs> and then she stuck out her tongue as far as it could go. I'll come when I'm good and ready, she thought. But she didn't dare say it not out loud. That would surely mean a whipping. Pushing back the barn door, Minty crept inside. The barn was her favorite hiding place. The dray horses watched restless as Minty thrust her arms into this large pile of fresh hay. And she dug down deep all the way into the bottom and pulled out her rag doll, Esther Lavinia Louise. What a sorry sight. With one foot missing, and a pair of cracked buttons for eyes. But Minty loved her just the same. Now listen, she said. Then in a low voice, Minty started to tell an old Bible story the way her mother had told it to her. And then the shepherd boy, David, he picked up this tiny little rock, took aim, and sent it a flying. Hit old master smack in the head. Killed him right there in front of everyone. Then they had a big old party afterward, and David got to move into his big old house with a long table, and he was never hungry or nothing again. When the story was finished, Minty hid Esther back in the bottom of the haystack. It was getting dark. And she had to light the fire, trim the wicks, and set the table up at the big house. That evening at supper, Mrs. Brodus was still angry. Why didn't you come earlier when I called you? I had a mess of peas that needed shelling. 
Minty looked down at her feet. I, I, I didn't hear any call. Don't lie to me, girl, lest you want a whipping. Next time you better jump too when I call. Mrs. Broder shook out her napkin. I'm hungry. Serve the potatoes. As Minty reached for the bowl, she accidentally knocked over a pitcher of cider. Mrs. Brodus jumped to her feet. Now look at what you've done. Angrily, she turned to her husband. Do you see, Edward? It's spat, pure and simple. Well, I won't stand for it. I don't want her in this house anymore. From now on, she's a field slave. That'll fix her. Then, crossing the room, Mrs. Brodus opened one of the high cupboards and took something out. <gasps> Mindy's eyes widened. It was her rag doll, Esther. You didn't think I knew, did you? Said Mrs. Brodus. Here, she told her husband, take this and throw it in the fire. No, Mrs., no! Minty screamed. She lunged forward, but Mrs. Brodus was faster, and with a flick of her wrist, she hurled the doll into the open fireplace. Minty, Minty kicked and she screamed. Oh, but Mrs. Brodus held her back until the doll was nothing but a pile of white ashes. That'll learn you, she said. Now get out of here and don't forget, you're a field slave now. Minty ran out, choking back her tears. Later that night, while her brothers and sisters slept, Minty told her mother and father what had happened. Well, said old Ben, at least they're keeping your own. What if they had sold your south? I've seen them do it for less than spilling a pitcher of cider. Old Red put down her sewing. Come here, girl, she said. I'm going to run away. I am. The next morning at dawn, Minty was sent to work in the fields. Then July came, and with it the heat and the mosquitoes. Some days Minty could hardly see what she was doing. She had so much sweat dripping down into her eyes. You ought to wear a bandana, said the woman next to her. Say, you're a little one. How old are you anyways? I'm eight, said Minty. The woman smiled, holding out her hand. My name's Amanda. My name's Minty. That's a pretty name, Amanda said. Real pretty. Whenever she was working in the fields, Minty kept looking for a way to escape. The dirt road behind the barn went to Chop Tank River, but Minty had no idea where that went. And what if there were snakes in the water? Minty was scared of snakes. Later that day, the overseer Sanders rode up on his horse. 
and pointed at Minty. You, come with me. Running behind, Minty followed him down the trail to the big Buckwater River. There, next to the bank, she saw a thick rope stretched across the surface of the water. Get in, Saunders orders. But, 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 but I, I can't swim, said Minty. And mister, it's, it is cold. Don't sass me, gal. Get in there, I said, and take hold of that rope. He watched as Minty waded into the water. You see those traps and the steel ones? Those are muskrat traps. Mr. Brodus wants you to check every one. And if there's a muskrat caught, you stuff him in there. The overseer thrust a heavy sack at Minty, then spat into the water. Now don't get any ideas. Remember, I got eyes in the back of my head. Then spurring his horse, Saunders galloped off. Slowly, 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 Minty started downstream, holding tight to the rope. Now the first two traps were empty, but inside the third, a fat, glossy muskrat was struggling to get free. Squatting down, Minty pulled apart the steel jaws of that trap, and she glanced back to make sure Saunders was out of sight. Then, happily, she let that muskrat go releasing it downstream. It swam away vigorously, propelling itself through the water, and with its long, flat tail, Minty's eyes were wide with excitement. Go, 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 she cried, splashing at the water. Go, swim away! She hurried to the next trap, and she did the same thing releasing a second muskrat into the cold, muddy river. She was prying open the third trap when she heard a soft noise behind her. <gasps> Saunders was sitting on his horse, not 10 feet away. Now for a long moment, he and Minty stared at each other. Then, suddenly, Minty dropped the trap and started to run. And Saunders caught up with her at once. Jumping down, he bound her wrists together with a short piece of twine. That was a stupid thing to do. You'll be sorry, gal. He took her back to the big house where Mrs. Broadus was on the porch cracking walnuts. She listened to what Saunders had to say. Minty never got a chance to speak for herself. Whip her, said Mrs. Broadus. Whip her good. And if it happens one more time, you tell my husband here, we'll sell her down south. They'll know what to do with her, with her in Georgia. The overseer tied Minty to the fence. Then roughly, he ripped open the back of her shirt. 
by candlelight, Old Rick did what she could to help Minty get through the night. Now this will hurt some, she said, smearing green salve on Minty's back. Oh, baby, don't cry. Don't do it. Here, bite down on this. It'll help. And she forced a hickory stick between Minty's teeth. I told you not to aggravate him. I told you. Why didn't you listen, Minty? Don't you got any sense? That evening, Minty told her father that she was going to run away. I mean it this time. Oh, I believe you. Only problem is, you don't know where you're running to. Old Ben rose up from his chair. Come. Come, child. Come outside, Minty. There's something I want to show you. Silently, they walked toward the barn. And old Ben lit his pipe. Then he pointed up at the sky. Do you see that star? You know, the bright one. That's the North Star, Mindy. And do you see all those stars next to it? And with his finger, he traced the outline of the Big Dipper. That's the drinking god. Now you listen to me. If you're gonna run, first of all, you gotta make sure it's night. Cause the darker, the better. And before you do anything else, you look up and you find that North Star. It'll be the only marker you'll have, so don't lose it. Old Ben reached for Minty's hand. You follow that star and it'll take you north all the way to Philadelphia. Minty looked up at the dome of the sky. To her, all the tiny stars looked alike. Show me again, she said. And old Ben pulled her close and with the stem of his pipe began painting a picture of freedom in the clear night sky. Now the next morning, old Ben told Rit that every Sunday he was going to take Minty into the woods. If she's planning to run away, there's some things she ought to know first. Rit didn't like the idea, not one bit. She was scared. But old Ben told her to stay out of it. I know what I'm doing, he said. That summer, deep, deep down in the forest, Minty learned how to catch and skin a squirrel. She learned to do bird calls. And long before that, she could run barefoot through the woods without even making a sound. She learned how to catch fish without nothing more than a piece of string and a bent nail. And in the still muddy waters of the creek, old Ben taught her how to swim. On the last day of summer, old Ben and Minty took a tin bucket into the forest 
and filled to the top with blackberries. Then they climbed a hill overlooking the river and watched the sunset. Now by the time they got back to the cabin, it was already dark. Old Rit put her hand into the bucket and laughed. <laughs> I know just what to do with these. Her bare legs were shivering. Minty started up the dirt path. The night air was cool. Ooh, autumn is coming soon. She had nearly reached the big house when she saw a buckskin mare tied to an oak tree out front. Minty figured it belonged to a guest, someone visiting the Broadduses. The horse stood very still, watching her with uneasy eyes. Minty was about to turn away when a thought suddenly occurred to her. Reaching up, she placed her hand on the saddle. It was still warm and not too high. This is it, she thought to herself. This is my chance to run away. Remembering what old Ben had told her, she looked up at the sky. There it was, the North Star shining bright. By now, Minty's heart, it was, it was, it was beating rapidly and, and she wanted to run back and tell, tell Obed and Ulrich goodbye, but, but, but she knew there was just no time. It was now or never. Holding her breath, She tried to untie the knot, but her hands were, they were just shaking, they were shaking so badly. And the horse, the horse let out a nervous whinny. <gasps> shh, 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 don't be afraid, don't, 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 don't be afraid. But it was her own fear that was growing. Then, just as the knot had started to come undone, the door of the big house opened. <laughs> Minty heard her master's voice. Come outside, Nathaniel. We'll have a smoke. At that moment, Minty lost all her courage. She couldn't do it. Not now. Not tonight. With tears in her eyes, she ran back down the hill to the cabin. That night, after everyone else was asleep, Minty sat next to the fire, thinking, why? Why hadn't she jumped on the buckskin? She could be long gone by now, halfway to Philadelphia. She might not get the chance again. Minty began to cry. <laughs> she cried for a long, long time, until the fire had nearly burnt itself out. It was getting cold in the cabin, and to keep warm, she buried her toes in the ashes at the edge of the pit. Up at the big house, a dog started to bark. 
and old Rid stirred in her sleep. <laughs> Minty sniffled. And she wiped the, her nose with the back of her hand, but someday, someday, she would run away. She would jump on the buckskin's back and ride, ride, ride all the way north with the wind whipping through her hair and nothing, nothing would stop her, nothing. Minty could feel her eyes beginning to close. Then little by little, Curled up between her brothers and sisters, she dreamed of sunflowers and stars and called of the whippoorwill and the rough road she would take through the forest one day when she had the courage, a road that would carry her to her freedom. <laughs> 